Welcome to United Fork, the show that's expanding your taste palette one serving at a time. And now here's your host, Kavachi. Welcome back to United Fork Podcast. You're listening to episode one, Getting to Know Your Host. I'm Kavachi, your host, expanding your taste palette one serving at a time. So in order for me to expand your taste palette, you have to know me. So where we got that phrase from was I was talking with my marketer, Henry, and we were just trying to figure out little slogans and taglines to associate United Fork with. So when everyone hears expanding your taste palette, they think of United Fork. And so I think that actually ended up working out, which is really good. So let's get to today's segment. On today's show, I'll be feeding you information about me, Kavachi. So I'm the founder of Grubito. I want to say I've been talking about food and being around food since I was little. My mother is the second generation and I'm the third generation food entrepreneur. My grandmother had a restaurant. My mom has a restaurant here in Houston, Texas called Safari. And you have me. Kavachi, who's been so heavily involved in food and loving food outside of Prince, by the way. I grew up in Houston and in Nigeria. And so while I was in boarding school, the girls called me a gorbito. And I didn't know what that meant until someone told me that a gorbito is a person that loves to eat and that I embody that heavily. However, I don't look it, which is a good thing. So I am a true Grabito at heart. And to think that that word just came from God, because I was asking myself, God, I want to have a name that is just, it's me and I can relate to it. And so Grabito came from asking God for a name. And on my 30th birthday, instead of having a 30th birthday celebrating my 30 years of life, I went ahead and trademarked Grobito, which was my 30th present for well, to mark me being 30. And that's where Grobito's name came from. Now, Grobito is a food-focused company that is focused on international food, international cooking, international food culture, international products and beverages. We are focused on bringing people from across the world and connecting them on the Grobito virtual table. Our first project that we launched was back in 2017 called The Art of Fufu, which we'll discuss later on this season with our guest co-host, Bucci, who is a, I would say, when it comes to food, he's my go-to person to like bounce ideas off of. He will be a guest co-host. You will definitely know more about him and I'll give you that opportunity to get to know this awesome food soul. As far as my education, I have my marketing degree. I have my consumer science and supply chain and logistics. I have my restaurant management from the Hilton College. I'm about to get my master's at the Culinary Institute of America in food business. And so when it comes to food, I have the food professional side and the formal side. And also I am a third generation food owner. So I love doing food events. Thank you, U of H, one of my alumni schools, gave me the opportunity to cook for the uh, students and faculty not too long ago. And being like the first like African Nigerian to cook food for the student body and the faculty was just an awesome experience. Thanks, Chef Alex. 
and um david so what else what else did i want to talk about um Yes, so I'm the second oldest out of nine kids. My mom, she has been cooking since she came to this America. And she's the reason why I love food. And she's always been just so focused on cooking like our traditional Nigerian food. And she's known to like sell um, the ingredients and cook the ingredients and just promote it across the board. She has developed so much relationship with people in Houston in the food scene, not just Africans or Nigerians, but all cultures because in Houston we are very diverse and we all shop literally at the same grocery store and same meat market. So that's the reason why I love food. And food was kind of like my calling. So as I was getting to the next topic about me, I would have to say that my on my dad's side, um, his oldest sister, not oldest sister, but his only sister, Angela, had a grocery store back in her early 90s called Angel's Food Store. I remember literally going with her during when during the holiday season to stay with her. And I was in the actual store helping, sealing the crayfish and the seasonings and all the different types of African spices well, I would be there helping with helping with my uncle I would say that was a family business but we don't really talk too much because she moved her business concept to Nigeria but as far as my mom she's still in Houston she's still the first first and longest running Nigerian restaurant in Houston and she's been able to create this community around a lot of Nigerians. And so if you're ever wanting some very good, authentic Nigerian food, because she has me, whenever I go to Nigeria, she has me bringing food back. So all of her ingredients are authentic and she gets snail, crayfish, smoked fish, stuck fish from Nigeria and sells it to her loyal clients and just sells it to her network. So let me tell you a little bit about my childhood story. So it has been featured on PBS with uh, Chef Marcuson's, uh show called No Passport Required. But I want to tell you the other side of the story because I've had people reach out to me and tell me like, wow, I can't believe that person, that person did this to you. And I wanted to let them understand that that was like the core reason why I knew that food was going to eventually be my calling. My mom was currently cooking for the community. Like she was the go to woman when it comes to cooking food for the communities like weddings, birthdays, any event that involved the community, she was the one that was cooking. So we always had a mini market. I always had that unique crayfish smell. So she would be selling stuck fish, crayfish, periwinkle, snail, or goosey outside of this house that we were at. And it was just like, I had this very fragrant smell of African food. I was a, a kid that was black, but my last name was very unique. So I was always with the international kids, not so much with the other um, African-Americans. I was with the Indians, the Asians, because we were all 
we all kind of knew each other. Our parents all had some type of affiliation due to the fact that we were always shopping in the same grocery stores. I felt more comfortable being around the international kids because we knew that when we were at home, we had to uphold our traditional our traditions and cultures when we were with our family and our friends. But when we went to school, it was like we were all just trying to fit in into this American culture. So I just literally always stood out. No matter what I did, no matter how, like whatever I did, I just always stood out. And I remember in elementary school, a lot of the kids had lunchables and sandwiches. And I had this mature food, this mature food of like rice and plantain and chicken. And this is what my mom knew. And she didn't really understand why we said we wanted regular food and not realizing now that I was blessed to have fresh food instead of fake ham and cheese. I didn't know the quality of, you know, her going to the farm and getting hen and and rice. So I had the pleasure of eating really good and just trying to conform to the American, American food culture. And I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, now I'm thinking like this, I was blessed to have a mom that wanted to cook our food. But then early in the 90s, that wasn't the case. I was I was always standing out. So we had an opportunity to showcase our food culture when we had International Day. And our teacher told us that we were able to study a country and we can wear the attire and bring the dish. And I told my teacher, this was like back when I was in third grade, I told her, look, you know, my mom's a cook. And she was like, oh, she's a cook? Yeah, she's a cook. Oh, that was, that's great. She's like, well, you know, I can't wait to to see what you bring for International Day. And being that my mom at that time was a mom, a student, a worker, and a entrepreneur, she was having so many hats at that time in uh, A-Leaf and... I didn't I knew that if I didn't tell her she would totally forget because she was known to forget important events for us when we were young. And I don't blame her cuz now that I'm older I'm like wow like she did a lot when she was young with all of these kids and having to grow up with us in a sense of she didn't know anything about rodeo day or like she went to school in Nigeria. So all the stuff that we would tell her about our school, like she was just like, okay, I'm not, I don't know. So I literally was like Stewie off of the family guy asking her or calling her and reminding her, mommy, please don't forget. I need you to make food for my class. My teacher said that I can bring a food and this is a time for me to shine and, and really just kind of let people know who I am and why, why I do the certain things because it literally was like we were living in two worlds. It was like we were at home and then we were at home. We were African. We, we ate African food. We, we, we heard African language. So we were African, but when we stepped outside of our house and went into the American school, we were trying our best to be American. So we wanted to eat American food, even though my mom made food. So it was just, it was really tough. But all I know is that for the, for the whole two weeks prior leading up to the International Day, I bugged the hell out of my mom. I would 
tell her, please, please, please don't forget. Don't forget. Do not forget. I need you to make food for my class for International Day. And I also need you to give me my outfit that we wear to weddings and outings. So she was able to conform. She didn't forget, which I'm very thankful. So the day that was leading up to International Day, I didn't go to sleep that night. I literally waited up and she came back home really late from her her second job and she cooked food for my class I was so happy that day I mean I was dressed and you know the the traditional attire with my my top my wrapper and I had my hair tie and I remember everybody in school was like oh my gosh you look so beautiful you know you look like a little African doll and I was so happy because I had my food ready to give to my to my class and I remember my friends at that time um Darty and Tin you know we all kind of had our little plates and we were all dressed up in our culture attire so we were all happy and people were like you know oh wow this they felt they felt so good you know to see us in our attire and people really did enjoy themselves like just to like give us compliments of our of our traditional attire and I represent I represented Nigeria and when you think about it now when I said that Grabito is supposed to be this United Nation for for um United Nations for food I'm like yeah I get it now because I always represented Africa but I've always kind of had attachment with other countries and so now it makes sense fast forward but anyway going back to the story I remember walking into the gym on the stage we practiced this song called it's a small world after all and so before we got in we put our food on the on the table went upstairs and we were singing our song as a small world after all and after it was done we all got off the stage and lined up to try everybody's food you know there was spanish food we had some indian food we had vietnamese we had different like all types of food and i was happy because i was getting to try other cultures food that some pe- some students brought and got so caught up with the whole moment that I totally forgot about my food and I remember my friend Tim was asking me so where is your food and so what ended up happening was I didn't see it and I didn't even really think to even acknowledge it at that time because I was so involved with everybody else's food and what I brought was like rice and stew so tomato sauce and rice just to kind of picture give you that imaginative what my food was and I went up to my teacher and asked her um where was my food and she basically looked at me and gave me this untouched food container of the food that my mom made and told me look so tell your mom thank you for making this food but since we didn't know what the dish was we were unable to give it to the students wow and I was thinking to myself, but she never asked me what the dish was. So other people's food were able to make it to the table except mine. And that right there taught me who I was and what the world was truly about. I realized that we were not welcomed at the table and me having to deal with a lot of I'm not being accepted 
like she kind of just <laughs> she she made it to the point where I was like, wow. So we're you, you don't accept me. You don't accept my food. You don't accept me as a person. And I didn't want to tell my mom because I basically was stressing her out for like two weeks prior to the event. So I threw the dish away. And when I threw that dish away, I felt a little bit sad because I was like, wow, that was some really good food that my mom made for a class. And I stressed her out about it. And at that time, my mom had six kids. She had seven people in the household that she was cooking for. That food could have been used for us, but I made it to where she was supposed to give some to my class. So we wasted food, we wasted money, we wasted time and energy and resources. But that was the day that I realized that, wow, we are not even accepted in school. But there is light at the end of the tunnel. I was invited to the Houston Public Library to cook or a food demonstration of the art of fufu. I wanted, oh yes, thank you, Linda, for giving me that opportunity. I got set up everything. I was very happy to be involved in African Day at the Houston Public Library in A-Leaf. I had the opportunity to cook fufu. Fast forward <laughs> to cook fufu. And to see the kids that were there at the Houston Public Library, so excited to be there. They were just happy to come to an event where they're able to see the 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 food, the clothes, the makeup, the artifacts, they were happy to be there. And I remember seeing a lot of different cultures there. All types of cultures were there to just embrace the African, African day. And for me to just be there, teaching these kids and parents about fufu really made my day. And the reason why I didn't make rice and stew that day, <laughs> because I had the art of fufu there. And I feel like fufu is a very staple dish that really resonates and that we as West Africans can say that that is a dish that represents us because every fufu has a soup that is it attaches itself with a tribe. So moving along, I was able to show how to make fufu and to see the students, the parents, the kids happy, happy to see me making fufu. The African kids were even happier to see fufu being made and just to be in that space of cooking the food showing them how to make the fufu and what fufu is made from all the kids were just in awe like I feel like they waited to come see me make fufu because they did do a quick announcement but when they started to smell the soup and the fufu when they started to see like something being made, a lot of people just came to the table where we were at because we were at an African day at the Houston Public Library. So there was a lot of attractions to make people kind of stay busy. But for the fact that we were making fufu, to see the kids and the parents and the students and everybody just at our little booth watching us make fufu really made me happy, really just kind of made that third grader me feel like, wow, thank you, Kavachi. Our food is finally accepted at the table. And from there, I just was so happy. So that is my childhood story. This show is seriously, seriously going to help a lot of people 
when it comes to being open about enjoying different types of food and welcoming it because we really want, I want, and other people want to know other food cultures. People want to be involved and not just involved with the fashion or the other stuff. They want to know the food. They want to feel comfortable. So United Fork podcast is definitely going to be the podcast to listen to, to understand other people's food, to get informed, to, to try. We're going to give you the tools to be able to go into any type, any type of restaurant or any type of food store or be open to just expanding your taste palette. That is what United Fork podcast is all about. And I hope that you've, Um, understand a little bit about me and our next episode is going to be about Grabito even more just for you to know more about Grabito and our guest co-host would be Bucci and he's going to just really tell you you're going to love him because when it comes to food I I really just cannot tell you how he's my go-to person just to bounce ideas off of so thank you everyone I cannot wait to see you at the table I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the United Folk podcast. Be sure to visit unitedfolk.com to join the conversation and follow us on IG, Facebook, and Twitter.